Chapter 17, The Way of the Wizard I don't want to worry you, my father said. Of course, I immediately began to worry. But your mother is in the hospital. She had a mild heart attack a few days ago and now has pneumonia. Alberto and I had just arrived to Concordia Sagittaria and were sleeping in a lovely chapel meeting room. Alberto was out buying groceries and I had decided to call my parents to check in. In the unspoken words, I heard my father's silent plea for me to come home. The voice of obligation whispered in my ear, accusing me of being a terrible daughter, of abandoning my family when they most needed me. I imagined my father and my sisters and brother rallying around my mother for support, while I, the eldest daughter, was thousands of kilometers away on a different continent, living a different existence completely disconnected from their realities and struggles. My walk for peace at that moment never seemed more frivolous. For as long as I could remember, my mother had struggled with her health due to the various effects of Bechet's syndrome, the condition that ailed her. It attacked her autoimmune system and made her susceptible to anything. She suffered a heart attack and had double bypass surgery in the early 90s. She was on blood pressure and heart medication and had to contend with their side effects, which involved various gastrointestinal problems. More distressing still, she developed uveitis, an inflammation of the fibrous tissue surrounding the eye, which caused her to gradually lose her vision until she became completely blind in 1988. In her later years, my mother maintained a positive attitude about life, which we all believed kept her alive. She came into her own when she joined the Canadian National Institute for the Blind. She learned to walk with a walking stick and began going for walks in our neighborhood and nearby shopping center. She took the bus to get to familiar places and learned to read and write braille. She became a spokesperson for a large charitable foundation and shared her inspirational story with groups and corporations as part of that charity's fundraising efforts. She even learned to crochet and surprised us one winter with slippers and coasters. At around the time that I began to explore my spirituality, she also began to explore hers. I shared with her my newfound beliefs and we spoke at length about the deeper meaning of her life and illnesses. She read in Braille some of the books that I recommended to her and began her journey of healing the emotional and spiritual wounds of her life. At times it was draining for me as I was having a hard enough time dealing with my own issues and felt the added and guilt-ridden burden of helping my mother through her issues. Over time, however, this experience healed and strengthened our relationship and I was finally able to see my mother through the eyes of an adult, not through those of a child. I'll call mom right away, I said to my dad. Oh, he sighed. I could feel his disappointment from across the ocean. All right then. I said my goodbyes before my resolve ran out. This path of peace was indeed lonely and I wondered if those I held dear would ever walk with me again. I dialed the number of my mom's hospital room.
Hi, honey, she exclaimed happily, even though she sounded weak and congested. I'm so happy to hear your voice. Me too, mom, I replied. So I see you're putting my tax dollars to good use again. She laughed weakly, interrupted by bouts of coughing that lasted for several seconds. My heart clenched. Don't worry, Mo, really. I'm okay, she said. The doctors say I'm improving. I'll be out in a few days. In the midst of more coughing fits, my mother recounted the details of her physical condition. I listened quietly as silent tears spilled down my face. I want to tell you something, she pronounced seriously. I have been reading some of the books that you've mentioned to me, and I'm beginning to understand why you're walking. You're trying to live what you believe about peace. I get it. That doesn't mean I'm less worried about you, but I want you to know that I'm proud of you. A tremendous love swelled within me. I felt its healing warmth throughout my body and then sent it out to her. I imagined this love enveloping her, entering her very being and washing away the pain and the hurt. In its wake, I saw that love leaving a trail of light and radiant health. I understood profoundly then that my presence at my mother's side made no difference because what I was offering her transcended physical boundaries. I went to sleep that night feeling at peace with my decision to keep walking and with a strong sense that all would be well. My mother would be released two days later. We pressed on past San Michele and San Giorgio and now headed towards Cervignano. A thick fog rolled in, blanketing us. It had started several days earlier and was gray and ominous. When it brushed past me, I shivered, more from its eerie touch than its dampness. I felt on edge, not only because I feared for our safety on the open road, but because every car or person that passed us seemed to be emerging from another dimension. At one of our many stops that day to warm up, Alberto started telling me about unusual dreams he was having. In one, he told me he was a student in a school of white magic in an ancient castle that also served as the student residence. Images of the Harry Potter books immediately came to mind. He described his ageless-looking teacher, who was also the headmaster and most powerful wizard in the land, teaching a class about the forgotten importance of magic, imagination, and fantasy, explaining that these were all wonderful teachers and that what people call monsters were merely misunderstood creatures that we must not fear. It was amazing and so vivid, Alberto enthused. I believe this world of magic truly exists and not just as a fantasy. I want to explore this world, understand it, play with it, master it. It's a path that many before have walked. It's been called many things, but most commonly you probably heard of the way of the wizard. Are you saying you're a wizard now? I asked. We are all wizards, Moni, whether we're aware of it or not, he replied. 
We are constantly creating our reality with our thoughts and our beliefs. You know that. I just happen to call it being a wizard. I didn't know who or what I was walking with anymore and was afraid to find out. He had gone from telling me he was an instrument of God to being an angel and now a wizard. Are we talking about the world of Dungeons and Dragons here? I asked hesitantly, trying to understand his ideas and metaphors. <laughs> Not in the way that you think, he chuckled. To me, the wizard is God inside. I'm not talking about the mental awareness that God exists within me, but the absolute certainty and knowing that the extraordinary power that created the universe and the stars is the same power that resides within me and, of course, every one of us. Well, what about dark wizards? I probed, as if pulled by some magnetic force to know, or perhaps more importantly to understand, my unusual companion. Well, they have God within them too, he replied, but are so far removed from that light and love that they are blindly unaware of its existence. They live in darkness, in ignorance, and misuse that same creative power we all have for selfish gain or to hurt others. So you're a kind of Merlin, I asked. Well, not really, because it's believed that such wizards, like Merlin, used rituals and spells and potions to achieve their aims, he explained. But these are mere objects. They have no power. It's people's faith in them that gives them power. Faith, belief, certainty. These are the wizard's tools of creation, not some inert objects. All that we need is within it's getting to that place of absolute certainty that's the challenge. I'm trying to follow you, I said, but this is a totally different world for me. Magic is the divine power within you, Moni, he assured me. It is God in action. When you create, you're using magic. It's a sacred gift to be honored, not something to be feared. Do you know who one of the greatest wizards in the world was? Obviously, I couldn't think of anyone and told him so. Jesus, he replied. What? You mean Jesus Christ? <laughs> yes, he answered confidently. He never used potions or spells to heal the sick or create miracles. He had faith in the God within him and around him. From that certainty, he commanded what he desired into being. He taught that the power of faith could move mountains and promised that we could do the same and more. That's all I'm trying to do. Live every moment from the awareness that I am God living a human experience and consciously create the world that I desire from that place of absolute knowing. No, he's telling me that Jesus was a wizard, I thought, aghast at the idea. So if he wants to be a wizard, does that mean he thinks he can be like Jesus? Who does he think he is? 